Hello and welcome back to Watching Worst Film, the weekly podcast where we journey through the winners and the losers from the Golden Raspberry Awards, an annual ceremony dedicated to the very best, uh, very worst from Hollywood and beyond. I'm your host Kyle Shemansky, joined as ever by Jericho Reed. Hello. Hello. And it's a little bit something different this week. It's another special. So yeah, I'd say this is probably one of our most scrambled last-minute specials. How how did that come to be, Jericho? So completely flying by the seat of our pants, we had got to the end of the last record without deciding what we were going to do for a special, and the Zoom call cut off because inside baseball, behind the curtain, we did not pay <laughs> for Zoom Premium, and so I just heard the first syllable, and um, when I was like, "So what do you want to do for the next special?" and Kyle said, "A huh." <laughs> and I thought you were going to say a Hulk Hogan movie. Mm-hmm. And so when we were reconvening, I was like, I think I knew what you were going to say, and it terrified me. And you revealed. Yeah, it wasn't. I was going to say a horror movie. Something and this was a horror last... movie of sorts. Of course. Um... No, but it's just showing how well you know me because I should have said <laughs> Hogan. Uh, <laughs> I, guess, I guess part of me was always not wanting this to become the washed up action hero show the last action (laughs) hero if you will could easily easily become but it's a very good shout and for a nice change it was you picking the special but we were going with the same rules we did for the lovely lonely ladies man which was the bottom tier lowest rated Hulk Hogan yeah that without further ado that brings us to our main event which is 1996 Santa with muscles (sighs) <sighs> great stuff it's a strange one i don't have much production stuff here obviously yeah. a big piece of trivia tidbit about this movie that is probably more famous than the movie itself and it's the producer of this movie i didn't certain, know this a certain jordan belfort better known as the wolf of wall street himself i was leaping out of my seat when i saw that in the credits because i had no idea i just saw it come up like executive producer jordan belfort and i was like what yeah. Well, <laughs> Why did Marty exclude this from the Wolf of Wall Street? Um, no, yeah, absolutely. I, I knew he did it. I don't know if he did anything else production. I don't know much about his involvement or anything. I just yeah. know he was involved. Yeah. If you give me two seconds, I will I do have something here. Okay, so while you're while you're researching that, if you want me to vamp for time, in terms of our experience with this film, for me, nothing. Hulk Hogan as a whole, I was aware of him growing up in the nineties. I was aware of him as an action figure and a persona, but my only real experience with Hulk Hogan would have been in the masterpiece Joe Dante's Gremlins Two: The New Batch. Where he's he's one of my he's in one of my favorite scenes of all time. Like I I love that scene so much. Yes, yes. So this is why I'm hosting because I am the <laughs> self-professed Hulkamaniac of the two of us. My my experience with Hogan himself. I'm I'm a wrestling fan. I grew up in the nineties. I NWO Hulk Hogan all the way. I did see. I have seen this film for the record. Yeah. I've seen this as a child. I've seen. I think Mr. Nani in this, I probably were rentals. And I did revisit this in my early 20s with a friend just to goof on Hogan, to have a fun time. We we did his entire filmography bar one or two. <sighs> so, yes, the thing is, Hogan is amazing in Gremlins 2. Steals yeah. the show in Gremlins 2. 
he upstages my boy Sylvester Stallone in Rocky Three, and arguably, he, no, is is he's hosted SNL. He did that. Has really, he? What? he did with Mr. T. Okay. And season ten, if anyone wants to see it, I think it's the Commodores are the special guest, the music guest. Uh, um, it's it's awful, but it's entertaining because yeah. I think this is what I need to kind of go into before the movie. Hogan is himself, especially in the 80s, is a bundle of cocaine energy. He is yeah. charismatic and energetic, and you can't take your eyes off him. By 1996, though, when the steroids are off and he's slimmer and he's tired and older, he doesn't have that same energy. So the transition to action star is missed he's missed the boat almost but anyway this i don't think this is his worst i don't think this is his best either my favorite is suburban commando for the record um <laughs> i i title. i hate no holds barred his wrestling film the wwf film which is in the 80s and does have his cocaine energy but i hate that movie so yeah it's a it's a mixed bag so this is a rewatch but i haven't seen it in about yeah 15 years so it's going in with fresh fresh eyes so sorry, I did. I just wanted to say, I, I, I don't know what Jordan Belfort's sort of production role was on it. The only thing I knew about it is that he did produce a film before called, called The Secret Agent Club. Okay. Which also stars, guess who, Hulk Hogan. Oh. In a double role. Um, it's one that I haven't seen. Wow. I thought I'd went through all of them, but he does have a lot of trash. This is like his double team Van Damme. And it's the same yeah. director as well. The director, okay, John... Yeah. Merlovsky, who I've never heard of, he's done 60 plus movies all straight to TV or DVD or the bin. So this is this is a buddies film. And on that note is why there's no record of the budget for this film. Oh yeah. It had it had mixed um some Wikipedia tells me two weeks, box office mojo tells me an eight week run. So uh-huh. not hard to tell where it would have been. But how much money do you think this bad boy made? Um, two million. Two million. Wow, wow, you're an optimistic young man. <laughs> two hundred thousand. Okay, yeah. Sorry, I should have. I wasn't factoring <laughs> in the length of the run. That would have been. <laughs> they would have been yeah overjoyed with that. Much. A million yes. every week. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, this is this is made to be bunged in the bargain bins in yeah, vet rental yeah. shops, and then eventually make its way to TV. This is not. A vehicle for anybody. This is a this is a cynical caution. But yeah. without further ado, let's get into it then. <sighs> okay. Um. So once we get out of the credits, that's three quarters of my notes done. Okay. Because before Jordan Belfort's name comes up, we get Mila Kunis. Surprise! She's in this movie. She it's her debut. Oh, okay. So okay. It is her movie debut. She did uh, an interview when I was having a bit of research where she talked about it. It was in an interview about American Psycho Two, and sort of ragging on her roles. And she said she was too young to appreciate working with Hulk Hogan. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, yeah. you can sarcasm or not. Yeah. So when the credits are hitting in, I got I got so fucking excited. And it's not it's not Mila Kunis. It wasn't Hogan either. I, I'm ashamed to say. I popped for Garrett Morris, uh, I popped for Clint Howard, and then finally, I totally forgot um, Ed Begley Jr. Uh, <laughs> right, I, I think he was on featuring as well. Yeah, so, I think he gets the and, yeah. I, I was excited because, you know, it's a straight-to-DVD or straight-to-video piece of trash. I expect 
you know, Sinbad lower than Sinbad levels of stars. So I'm when I'm getting the baby from Star Trek and I'm getting Bagley Jr. and I'm I'm happy. I'm get, I'm getting some people. I'm I'm getting an SNL or I get my shot. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm I'm really excited. And I remember the opening scene so well, like scarily well. We have Hulk Hogan playing God, what's his name? Thorn, Blake Thorn, who is a millionaire who has created a whey powder and protein shakes, and Oof, he is yeah. beating the shit out of his staff, and they're attacking him relentlessly. And it's it's just it's something I don't know why it's stuck in my brain. It's it's why that you know because they're all dressed up like stereotypes as well. They're all the gardeners dressed like a gardener coming at him with shears, and it's all revealed obviously to be a, a never say never again training exercise for hogan but yeah. um and speaking of which hogan is wearing a toupee in this film what it's, <laughs> it's not his natural hair the 90s hogan with the spiky dennis the menace look is yeah it's quite it's quite unique i do think he pulls it off well if i'm being deadly honest he doesn't look like hulk hogan all the time which is a big bonus but yeah i i remember this is imprinted in my brain all the staff attacking him and him you know, it's a, the only genuine laugh I kind of get is they're tired. Uh, yes, Mister Hogan Thorn, uh, I will see you tomorrow. Your time's not. You know, they they do this every day. You just want to make them breakfast, but you've got to chase them down with a fucking roller pin. And I thought that's fun. There could have been more from here. It's all downhill after this, but I really enjoy this opening. Yeah, yeah. No, I I agree. I did not have a good time with this film and so we're going to be leaning on you very heavily but the opening led me to believe I was in for a better time than I expected. Yeah. It held my attention for about 10 minutes and I was like cool like yeah this is going to be great like I was I was honestly surprised I was like Hulk Hogan's so charismatic here why did he not have more of a movie career? Mm-hmm. Um, did the sex tape or his racism <laughs> tie into tie into things? Because like I, I was like, he's he's great here. He could definitely have been not if he, not an Arnie. A he's not an Arnie. He's not like that's what. I'm, right. So like, I don't want to derail this entire and not talk about this movie. <laughs> but it was it's weighing on my mind a lot. Like I said, I know that the eighties energy is probably what would have made him a star. Yeah. But he's still got natural charisma that would have. He's still a cut above Seagal in Van Damme and. Even like one grin in terms of charisma, yeah, you know, just, yeah, he's a compelling charisma. screen presence. Yes, yeah. he through wrestling and through being Hulk Hogan, the man's very emotive. You know, he, yeah. he can have some good reactions. You you give him and you're you're battling his ego and you have to appease him to make him look cool. But if he was, oh god, you know, if he was in the hands of a a modern director back here in '96, that would have been able to to harness him and you know take something out of him. He yeah. could have been more than a D-list straight to the bin. Um, I, he could have been in the Expendables, is what I'm saying. Yeah, he's like he's way better than D-list. He doesn't. He seems to have had like exceptionally bad luck or exceptional personal issues because he is he is capable of. He shows glimmers of potential of could have been could easily have been something more. Yes. Um, just based off the the raw talent, um, which is there. But, but as as far as anyone does know, it's what you've said there. It's it's attitude problems. He notorious difficult person to work with. Is Stallone gets away because it's pre fame, you know. But even in Gremlins too, no, one, you know, Joe Dante. If it is a Joe Dante in the second one, isn't directed. Yeah, him. 
you know, like he's just coming in, do your spiel, get out. Like, um, <laughs> so yeah. But anyway, continue on. Okay, my first note is we get an appearance of the bandana because he's not wearing the bandana for his first scene and then it appears like 10 minutes in. And that is mm-hmm. my final note for the film. Oh, wow. Uh, I mean, I'm glad they never did the old bait and switch. I would have loved to see yeah. him with the, with the bandana and a fake mustache to reveal, you know, actually I'm Blake Thorne in your... I'm yeah. not Hogan. That, that would have been a nice... Yeah. Yeah, like we could have got the Oppenheimer scene of like <laughs> he's swanning around, and then someone goes like, "Just you know, they hired you to be you, so you be you." And then we get the suiting up, the Chris Nolan <laughs> suiting up scene of him putting on the bandana, growing the mustache, yeah. <laughs> time lapse, amazing. <laughs> so the really isn't much. I, I'll try and go through the film. Yeah, him and him and his friend are out paintballing. And police start chasing him, led by none other than the best Howard sibling, Clay Howard, <laughs> who, who, you know, he's high build as well. And I was, yeah. you know, I, I love Clint. I said, you know, Star Trek, I love him. Waterboy always has a special place in my heart. Props up everywhere. He's my, you know, he's the Frank Stallone to Ron Howard. So I always got a special <laughs> place in my heart for Clint. So he's he's in charge. He's one of the, he's the sheriff, I believe. There's a lot of eyebrow raising here watching it back, where Hogan's shooting police cars with a paintball gun, and it's it just doesn't seem doesn't send a very good message. Um, he's too he's too reckless. So he runs. Are you all. saying you wouldn't let your kids watch? I don't Santa think I would. I don't think no, 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 no. I think he's a bad Santa. <laughs> but it I mean, we're going to speak about this when we get to the comparisons to other films. But the essential plot is Mr. Hogan gets amnesia from running away from the police. Mm-hmm. He he wakes up and Don Stark convinces him he is none other than Santa Claus. Yeah. Don Stark, of course, best known from that 70s show, The Beloved Bob. So it's a nice pre-70s show here with Mila and... I don't think they share a scene. Maybe they do towards the end, but yeah. um, that's a nice little seventy show thing getting together. He's also in Star Trek as well, so I get a lot of Star Treks here. You know, baby you're junior, in your element. I'm, I'm, oh, you're, you're in First Contact. You're in, you know, oh, <laughs> you're in Enterprise. Um, so I was having fun, but yeah. So the whole film, Hogan thinks he's fucking Santa. Hi, um, Don Starks. His what's his what's the sidekick in Bad Santa called? Oh, Marcus. Tony. Marcus, that's the one. Yeah, Marcus and Tony. Yeah. He's Marcus. He's trying to steal something. I can't remember why he's trying to corrupt Santa or keep him in the Santa gimmick. Steals his wallet. That's what it fucking is. It's stupid. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Hogan gets involved with an orphanage led by Garrett mm-hmm. Morris. Mila Kunis is there. The, the orphanage is under threat from Ed Bagley Jr., who wants something underneath it crystals crystals that's what the fucking it is and (laughs) it's the most 90s it's just the most sea monkeys and crystals are pivotal for some reason (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. because it does it get it drags to this is what you're talking about the first 20 minutes i'm having fun even the mall things i'm 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 not having fun but at least i'm I'm, my eyes are open but once it actually gets going with the fucking kids i am so quickly tired and tuned out because this is a this is a, you know a three ninjas sequel standard which is like what hogan was in this is rough mila kunis is so annoying in this i wanted to just 
fucking turn off. Yeah. I just wanted to turn it off basically half an hour in and talk about Hogan and see if yeah. I can bullshit it. So I don't know why I stuck around. Ed Bagley <laughs> Jr. shot all these scenes in a day, if that. Yeah. Garrett Modest barely stands up because you're not paying him that much. Nothing happens. There's no jokes. There's <laughs> there's not. There's nothing in here that's fun. All the things, you know, like I was busy looking up things throughout this film. Obviously, yeah. the big one is Jingle All The Way. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to go into the Arnie comparisons, this was released six days before Jingle All The Way. Ooh. So if you want to be cynical and you want to, I don't, I, maybe it's maybe it's cynical of me to assume that the, the Wolf of Wall Street had um, <laughs> bad intentions, less than stellar <laughs> intentions releasing this a week before. <laughs> this is the prelude to Ants and Bugs Life that was yeah, Santa yeah. with Muscles or Jingle All the Way. So I, a part of me thinks they knew what this Jingle All the Way was coming. And yeah, no, I get it. this out. Get quick. this out. Get. We can film it in LA. Fuck it, we'll do it in my mansion. Go down to the mall. Fuck it, we don't even need rights. Just go do it. Yeah. A friend of mine's got a cave full of crystals. Yeah. Werner Herzog shooting cave of forgotten <laughs> somewhere. We'll just go and borrow that for five Ex- minutes and use the crystals. Exactly. You're you're not I mean, and the sets are reused, I'm sure of it, especially at the end. You know, the yeah. cave sets there, that's yeah. straight out yeah. of fucking That's a back lot. Then yeah. Is it cool if we use this for five minutes? Well, we've got sure, six... but you better be quick. We're de-rigging. <laughs> we got 60 episodes of Power Rangers to film today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I didn't think of Jingle All the Way in terms of like the immediate release of this film. I was just like, Jingle All the Way is going to like wipe the floor with this. Like, RNA is going to just like devour Hulk Hogan alive when it comes out. The thing I thought of was I was like, with the hench people, I was like, this is so clearly trying to capitalize on Home Alone inventing a genre. Oh, yeah. The, hench- like, the criminals are just like Harry and Marv regions. Yeah. And they're, they are, they're boring. They're, they're not, there's no yeah. fun pranks and jokes and no, things. No, no. It's like someone with no imagination being like, oh, some criminals and some kids do stuff. And... Well, there's there's a bit in it. There's a scene that made me think. I don't know why. It just made me stop and question my existence. But um, it's towards the end where Ron uh, Ron Howard Clint Howard catches Hogan again. Uh, he does yeah. have a good. He has a good little bit where he's hyping himself up in the car, pretending to stop himself. You know, to have the speech. Hogan flies past, and he's like, "Oh, it's that fucking terrorist again." He yeah. takes after him, and the um, the team the slaves his mansion team are on board with hogan and they're all mm-hmm. throwing things and one of them throws i think it's like cooking oil or is it like sauce and it's it's literally yeah. a, a fucking dribble comes out in the hot californian highway instantly evaporates and they have to pretend <laughs> the car is like skidding out of control yeah there's yeah. no budget there's no imagination like the, a, a car does blow up with a rocket and mm-hmm. uh I was very surprised at that because all the chases are very careful. Like we have rented these cars for twelve hours and no, no, fill them up on petrol. Don't scratch them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So like, there's just these random. This it's the lack of imagination. The reason I was thinking with Jingle all the way was because, well, Mila Kunis and Lloyd. So I was like, the child stars are going to become more famous than the film. Phil Seth Hartman. MacFarlane is going to date both of the <laughs> <laughs> Phil Hartman, 
God at Morris. I, I can, you know, <laughs> very generous. Yeah. I, well, I, I, you know, I see, I can hear Jordan's voice. They got an SNLer. We, we got to yeah, get, yeah. get, get me an SNLer. <laughs> God at Morris will do it for two joints and a, you know, a hamburger. Okay, get me Garrett Morris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what is there to say when there's something so cynical and just lazy? <laughs> I might be imagining it, but I feel like there's a conversation like the one Kevin has with the old man. Like, there's, like, you know, when he's, like, speaks to the creepy old man, the shovel guy, mm-hmm, I feel mm-hmm. like there is a beat that's equivalent to that, but I really cannot remember it. I just, I, like, phased out of existence while this film was playing. This was just nothing. Like, this is just, <laughs> I i don't know, this is going to be, like, a 20-minute long episode because I have nothing to say about this film. It's just, yeah. like, it's just like a TV movie. It's it's just completely unremarkable. It's not it's not like it doesn't try anything bad enough. Like it, it doesn't try anything. We can't speak about the things about the film that don't work because it just doesn't do anything. It doesn't it's exist. Nothing. It's, <laughs> yeah. And this, this is why I, I wish I could have brought this up in retrospect with Kurt Cameron and just be yeah. like, mate, you don't know you don't know the reality of bad Christmas movies. I give me yeah. fake hot chocolate and dance offs any day yeah give me yeah. something what would i have given to be saved by saving christmas yeah. whilst watching this film for kirk cameron just to come in sit hulk hogan down pour him an empty glass of <sighs> hot chocolate oh, and to tell us about the lord oh man that would have it's, been it's the crossover just what i needed you need it bang hogan bang cameron this summer <laughs> <laughs> well funnily enough i actually looking at my three lines of notes i typed this on my on my phone and i had accidentally titled it satan with muscles <laughs> so potential crossover there yeah <laughs> i know mean, terence I... malick is making that film with mark rylance as satan but did he miscast <laughs> could hogan have done a better job <laughs> this is and this is it this is um and i think again i'm thinking about other films. this is the worst christmas film on this podcast this is also <laughs> yeah. the worst christmas film i've seen with a wrestler playing santa <laughs> which is it shouldn't be more you know there shouldn't be more yeah, off the top yeah. of my head but there's um i think it's mid 2000s i'd need to look it up and it is santa's sleigh hold on let me okay. get this up which has got uh bill goldberg in the role of santa it's a slasher black comedy and it's again actually like there's the similarities it's got an SNLer, so tick yeah. you know i can make my santa film it's got a strange producer Brett Ratner. Okay. So you've got all these like, oh, things that are, you know, I'm crossing over. Just for the record, you'd never guess who the SNL is and that is Chris Catan. So like, wow. you know, you, you're going from Phil Hartman. Nope, so Hall- Chris Catan. <laughs> <laughs> no, just turn off. But it's actually, it's actually, <laughs> it's actually a, a fun little film. Yeah. I do recommend it. So, yeah. I don't have much else to say about this film. Yeah. It's, I don't recommend it. No. I barely want to count it as a razzy worthy film but they did go and fucking release it in the cinema yeah yeah so rules are rules i was thinking about 1996 in general here yeah how this absolutely should be this is what a razzy film should be it should be almost <laughs> impossible to watch like, I is... would have quit this podcast if we had <laughs> it's to funny. watch no, no. even another Santa with muscles. No, no, you, you, we would have no all... listeners. Give me all, give me all the, <laughs> give me all the Verhovens. Give me all the fun. The yeah, fun. yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade cocktail for the world, but no. 
objectively, if you're going to base it on an absolute sincere merit as a mirror of the Oscars, this is the quality that should be put up. This is the trash of the trash. Yeah, so do we want to reference 1996? That was the year of striptease. It was indeed. Striptease fascinating it feels like it's three hours long but like i would watch striptease a million times over we have our beloved ariel sharon the israeli mm-hmm. n- like idf nurse but yeah striptease a mess but a fascinating mess in comparison to this we could do podcasts just on one scene from striptease yes like the burt reynolds lathered up we could speak about that for hours in fact hours. we did our striptease was... <laughs> episode was like longer than the film i will i will but... remember I will remember striptease till the day I die. I forgot yeah. this film after the credits roll. So like this it is just the like it wasn't right into my brain. My eyes <laughs> were watching it and I just wasn't taking anything in. So I can just really say I'm sorry, listeners. Um we don't even have a second half to conjure any magic up. No, it's no, no. Just gonna be this. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you know what? If you've made it this far. Maybe just turn off. Yeah, yeah, you're, all, you're all right, you know. Thanks for joining us. Sorry, you know, we're the substitute teachers. We'll do something good next week. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah. Um, so, striptease, of course. Barbed wire. Barbed wire, a mess, a disaster. But, again, like, so much more compelling than, than Santa with Muscles. You saw Ed, the mm-hmm. Matt, Matt LeBlanc and the Monkey film. Ed's, Ed's arguably like closest to this in terms of it feels like a TV movie. But it has a monkey. But it does it have has a, monkey. a monkey. No it one does. can deny that it has a monkey. Yes, it does. And yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's better. It's still better. Yeah, the island of Doctor Moreau. We've yeah. obviously waxed lyrical about that mm-hmm. and the legend of that film. And then the Stupids, the Max Landis. Max Landis? John Landis. Tom <laughs> <laughs> Arnold, maybe. So, yeah, this is, like, clearly Razzie-worthy on its own, an entirely different plane of existence. Like, I'm grateful that Mr. Razzie didn't watch this yeah. and he didn't nominate this, because I, I've, this I've, would have I've, been... I've pulled up 1996, and I think this sweeps. The only thing I will say is I do think yeah. Hulk Hogan is better than Polly Shore in Biodome. Yeah. So I would, I hope he did, I would, he can save a nomination. I can be happy as that, but the rest of it clears, clears the fucking board. Like well, screenplay, sure. fucking hell. <laughs> the screenplay is almost doing a film a credit to assume there was a screenplay or it wasn't just like a dusted off. Like it's, it's, we stapled the Christmas episode of a couple of sitcoms together and here we go. I, I, like, I can tell you now, an AI screenplay. there's a producer talking to, Jordan Belfort about his new film yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Jordan runs home, <laughs> writes on a notepad what he remembers from that conversation. He yeah. watches a fucking Christmas special of fucking the Honeymooners, steals he, what he can. Yeah. <laughs> and there she we go. He phones up Sylvester Stallone, realizes that it's <laughs> Frank Stallone, asks him for his brother's number. He says no. <laughs> He's then watching TV. Wrestling is taking place. <laughs> A and kid is... walks by with an incredible Hulk t-shirt. <laughs> this is um He drops his mug. <laughs> this is... <laughs> his empty hot chocolate mug. Uh... <laughs> Kevin Spacey is there for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> this is um I, I I if this is the thing is I, I bragged on Mila Kunis is really, really annoying in this. She would have 
taken an award, so I'm glad she hasn't. I'm glad her career didn't get ruined. I'm glad she escaped the Jake Lloyd. Yeah. Because uh, she would have been worst new star, hanger, throw her off a bridge, like she's done. All the kids, like all the kids, are just like they're just like sort of not great movie kids, and it's just the issue is like it's so earnest, like it doesn't know what to do, like they're all just so bland. Everything about this film is so bland and so personalityless. It's truly astounding how little this film does. Like again, these kids are just like. We spoke about like movie forty three and the love guru and the moments of improv where people like Vern Troyer or Johnny Knoxville come to life with just like a moment of ad lib. Mm-hmm. It's truly astounding that they managed to find kids as lifeless as these are. It's almost <laughs> like the Troll Two kid. Yeah, um, it's just like they have sucked all the vitality. Like in fact, my backdrop. There's a kid kind of giving like a big like cheesy grin, sat on Hulk Hogan's knee, just glowering. I don't remember this happening. <laughs> I don't recall this because it's all this kind of sincere, like, "Oh, Santa, do you want a cookie?" Like, oh, it's <sighs> well, it's it's I... just <laughs> you're just just broken, aren't you? And I think it's again, it's strange because it's Mila Kunis and um, who is it? The other orphanage girl, Brenda Song, playing Susan. She's she yeah. was um she's obviously obviously a big star now, growing up a little bit, but like she's a Nickelodeon or Disney girl as well. So, like, these are people that have gone on to do things. Like, it's weird to have such a amount of, I'm not going to say strong talent crew or anything like that, but you you do have people that are at least a cut above most, you know, this quality of film, the standard. So, I don't know. I guess, no, you give me this. If Jordan Belfort came up to me in 1996 and said, here, go nuts, I would have given you insanity. I would have given you the most fucking crazy thing i could possibly conjure up i would be lines with hogan anything i can do both reading lines and doing lines anything to make this <laughs> film do good yeah i just think it's such a, a little bit of a waste like this is, you think of the the creative in jingle all the way which doesn't need it at times and it still just runs with it and has such fun and ah yeah I, it's just shit can't say more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like the you mentioned the director, but the, the all all the cast and crew are black on Wikipedia, so they're not hyperlinked. Don't have yes. their own Wikipedia pages. <laughs> Gosh, how did on that? IMDb. This is the only writing credit for all of them. Oh, so I did all three credited screenwriters. One of them was has four credits. One is a short. One's a TV movie, one's a TV series. The other one, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure as the water slide attendant. Oh, so I actually remember is, who that is. As well. <laughs> that's Jonathan it. Bond. Yeah. If you look up the one of the other screenwriters, Fred Mata, he has a slightly better acting career with 15 credits, most recent being this year. He mm. was in the Santa Games, but yeah, this is his only screenplay credit. Well, I I did read that somewhere um, that the original writer of the screenplay sued to get his name off. <laughs> which what someone makes... called Aaron Sur. He <laughs> <laughs> could be like, um... but then that that means to me that this was a script, like you say, for a sitcom that was passed about, and you grab it, you score out some things, boom, Santa's there make it happen yeah take out that yeah just and then let's just film it hollywood we've got two days let's just fucking bash it out 
So yeah, yeah, they didn't put any effort into it, so I'm not going to put any effort into it deconstructing Santa with muscles. No, I'm sorry, listeners. Once again, if you've made it this far, like, I don't know, skip to the end and see what we're coming back with next week. But like, I'm truly sorry, because I just feel <laughs> like this is such a, a crushing disappointment. It, I, when I picked this film, I was like, okay, the worst film, the worst Hulk Hogan film, this is going to be a car crash. But instead, it's just like watching a piece of shit car that drives just to the edge of your sight and then all the wheels fall off. Yeah. And someone shouts like, hey, can you phone a mechanic? And you're like, um, no. <laughs> um, it's it's just like, yeah, it's driving past a broken down car at the side of the road. It's right. like, well, I'm on the way to work. No time to stop. Sorry. We've it's all a... got better things to be doing. It's low energy. And that's the yeah. biggest crime you can have on this podcast. It's just it's sad. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, don't like it. So I have I have a quote here from Chris Hicks writing for the Deseret News with the the quote here that says Hulk Hogan makes Arnold Schwarzenegger seem like Lawrence Olivier. So I, two Razzie winners there. Okay, I'm gonna I again I still think that's harsh. I I'm gonna I'm gonna say Hogan yeah Schwarzenegger is so much better, but I I don't think Hogan Hogan could be like an antagonist. He could be in predator yeah. he can be in commando like I hulk hogan it. isn't the problem with this film the the yeah. problem is there isn't a film around hulk hogan exactly yeah, he is he is he's he's boring he contributes to it being boring whereas arnie and his brando-esque charisma would conjure something up so yeah um fixes fixes for this film mm-hmm. everything just yeah i mean like i said you could take the plot thread and do something with it you could, if you were given free reign you can easily get creative and even yeah. if it's just like like i keep comparing it to jingle all the way but you jingle all the way for me is great even without arnie i i love i love the crazy i love how much passion went into the design the toy making smuggling ring phil hartman's absolute top tier performance like there's so much good fun in there i think he's i think it's so much things that make that that if you just take that energy and that passion almost and just do it in this but that's a lot to ask otherwise maybe lean into more of the bad santa you could have predated that by a few years because he is he is an asshole like he could have been he could have been involved in the crimes and masterminding it like the name santa with muscles conjures up like a juxtaposition or not a juxtaposition a conflict with the santas without muscles well, so is he gonna run into like whereas it's irrelevant that this santa has muscles well no but you know like kurt cameron told me that santa was a badass right yeah so santa would have muscles so give me kurt yeah. cameron's santa with muscles where he's just yeah, fucking yeah. beating the shit out of priests in bethlehem then yeah <laughs> <laughs> and he's played by hulk hogan then you've got all my money yeah. take it it's a yeah. smash hit. And so all that remains is the most half-assed wrap-up in podcast history. <laughs> because I am just so ashamed with what we've delivered and why <laughs> anyone would possibly want to listen to more of I didn't. I didn't expect you to be so downbeat, to be honest. I, I mean, I, yeah. got, I got my Clint Howard contact high, but that's, yeah. a, that's about it. Yeah. So yeah, I apologize, everyone. Sorry for speaking about Hulk Hogan for twenty minutes, and then 
maybe maybe well, watch No Holds Barred. Maybe you'd have a great time with that. You never you never know. Yeah, don't watch Suburban this if you've Commando, got this far. <laughs> if you've got this far, so much to watch. <laughs> All we can really say is, I guess, future specials will have more consideration and will come from the list of things we've been coming up with, like the the Karen movie, the Karen slasher movie, yeah. or music, or like all the things which, at the very least, we could speak about like our expectations or why we were passionate about them yes. going in. So yeah, congratulations if you have made it this far. We will release you in a moment's time. Once again, keeping the teaching analogy of just like <laughs> the substitute teacher is just like, ah, sorry, can't let you go just yet. So thank you if you have made it this far. If for whatever reason you desire more of this podcast, <laughs> you can find us at Watching Worst on social media. And you can email us at watchingworstfilms at gmail.com where you can send us suggestions for future specials or indeed berate us for wasting under an hour of your life yeah. with this episode. But we're going to be getting back on the Razzie Horse next week. Kyle, I'm telling you, I already feel reinvigorated to <laughs> resume our journey, the final stretch. We are heading back off. I'm ready. I'm fighting fit. I've taken a I've taken a bump of Colombian fighting powder with my my good friend Hulk, and we are ready <laughs> to go because we are back to you next week with the year of 1987, which is another joint winner. And we've worked out how we're going to do it. So I think we're going to deal with the first half of the film, yeah. uh, the first winner on Tuesday, and rather than bring you a double episode week, can that the first episode one week and then the following week will be the second part of the year which means we're going to be back to you next week with howard v duck howard the, the duck. joint winner from 1986 so, so i am very very excited it is it's our yeah. first Marvel film on the podcast. Um, <laughs> the MCU the, the entering MCU. <laughs> the Razzie Hall of Fame at last. If Come on George, down, Kevin Feige. If George Lucas is involved, I'm up for it. I'm always excited. Yeah. Say no. So you can join us next week for that when we will both be a lot more enthusiastic, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> imagine we're not. Imagine it's awful. Because again, we don't have the second half. No. So imagine if we're just like, oh my God. Who knew it, but Howard the Duck is just like Hulk Hogan in duck form. Um, if, if, if I, yeah, if, if Santa with muscles comes out cleaner on the other end of Howard the Duck, I'm going to be fucking mortified. But I doubt yeah. it. I doubt it. Budget, no, we're going to have plenty to speak about. Puppeteers, duck, George James Lucas. James Gunn, George yeah. Lucas. Yeah, yeah. Join us for that next week. Yeah, excellent. Thank you very much, guys. See you next week. <laughs>